When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Welcome to DM to GM, the podcast where we answer your questions about getting your table started. I am your GM, Sean Howard, from The End of Time and Other Bothers. And I'm your DM, Russ Moore, from Dungeons and Dragons. And today, we're doing what we always do. We're answering your questions. And this one, I believe, came in via email, It was an email. Yes. Send us your emails, dm to gmcast at gmail.com. This one from Andre. They have a big, potentially a big quandary here. Yes. And it involves not necessarily the question, it involves some some constraints being put up by potential the table and the players. Yes. So if I understand this question correctly, this will be Andre's, I hope we're saying your name right, this will be their first time as a GM. Yeah, they gave us some additional background and that was one of them that stood out to us, especially with one of these questions. It wasn't even a question, the main question, but one of the things that came up in their email. Yeah, and this will also be the first game for the table and the players at the table, who are all good friends. And the constraint is that uh, one of the players is very uncomfortable in a situation where, in quotes, anything can happen. Yes. They want to play within a familiar world. So we agreed on Lord of the Rings, something all of them have read and love. Perfect. I guess, I don't even know how to approach this, but my con- I have some concerns, Andre. May not be valid. Might I? I don't. We don't know your particular situation. I. I know that you. All we know is sort of some of the facts that you shared with us. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's good that you are all friends. It's great that you are working on constraints for what would be fun for the players. Yep. My concern is that a role playing game is by its very nature a game in using our imagination together. So. There could be some concerns if a player is already flagging that they are uncomfortable when things don't happen as expected. So uh, if it's just a mild thing where the player just is saying, I would just prefer to be in a world I know for the first time, great. But if it's the kind of thing that I've experienced, not lately, but in my early days when I was like in high school and I first started playing D&D, where someone is like, 
this must live by canon. And if it doesn't live by canon, we're going to stop the game and we're going to talk about all the what 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 I've read on. It wasn't blogs back then, but what I've read on a BBS about all the things about this world and how they've uh, the experts have now the experts armchair experts have now interpreted that it means this. So all that to say, an hour later, you can't do why that you just said. Yeah. Um. And that is generally not a fun experience at a role playing table. So we've talked about this in the past as rule lawyers who want to be like, whoa, stop. <laughs> right. I am going to open the book and I'm going to read to you a page and a half to explain why you're wrong as a GM. Um, this can go a, the similar way sometimes if, and, and if a player is doing it because they're uncomfortable, that can, that could be a difficult thing to manage. Yeah. You want. You want to talk to that player. The anything can happen quotes are the main things that jump. One of the main things that jump out to Sean and I as a um, as that red flag, because, I mean, you go on to say, Andre, that um, you're you want to run a game within a post Lord of the Rings world set 300 to 500 years. So that gives you some agency back. Yes. 300 to five years after the events of the book. So that gives you fact. It, it's now in the territory of anything can happen. It's back in the, yeah, exactly. Like Andre is asking, you know, magic is fading. Is there gunpowder? Yeah. Are there guns? You are already in anything can happen territory is, is the challenge we're, we're flagging. Yeah, you're, you're already creating a new world that is beyond the books. So while there may be like land location, you know, location and general world history, that's going to be the same. Um, but the history books are going to be the books that J.R.R. Tolkien wrote. And now you're creating something new within this world. And you're actually already taking away things that make that world live and breathe and possible within the books itself. So I think it it requires a conversation about that anything can happen and maybe some some pre-game games with Yes, that's what I was gonna go to. With your, I love that we're on the same your, page. We're always on the same page. Always on the same page. We're basically the same person. It should just be it's two guys who think Zoom, the same. Zoom. Yeah. Yeah. Zoom, zoom. Um, zoom, zoom. But have those pregame games with those. No, no. We take GM and we kind of with, with GM. So it's. We'll re- work on M&M. the rebranding M&M. after we answered okay, Andre's sorry. question. Get back to it. Eminem. We're Eminem. That's the new podcast. We're Eminem. Lose yourself in this podcast. This is Mom's Spaghetti. Here we go. Anything can happen. So have those pregame games with your table where you're not playing within. A, yes. Or maybe one where you are playing within a very familiar world, and then one yeah. where you're playing within something entirely different in like sci-fi or. I would even I would even go so far make it a tabletop. So first game to play with this table is a uh, honey badger or whatever that's called, the one pager. Go find a one pager. It could be a a mystery, a murder mystery. Sure. So it's in this world, like Russ is saying. It could be the honey badger. I forget what that's called. Do you remember what I'm talking about? Yeah, uh, honey, uh, it's uh, like a one uh, bear. Yeah, bear uh, honey heist. Whew. Honey yeah. heist. Yeah, Grant, honey heist. Like uh, two pager. Go look up Grant Howitt. Uh, they, they they have a Patreon where they release one new uh, one shot adventure every month, but they also release them on itch and a few other places. Lots of great games. Amazing. So I would I the the question is is part of the concern being raised that this is just new and right because we are seeing signs of that like nobody has time to read a big book yep. right you want to use there's there's a bunch of other information being shared here like fate and simplify it all good yeah uh 
So I would recommend, like Russ's, play someone to some one-page one-shots that are more... Uh, find some that look like a role-playing game around the... Uh, like, you all just gather. Just play some things that are that are not even full RPGs. Uh, but then start to drift a couple that are more into role-playing. Yes. Right? And let everyone get comfortable. Um, and then what I recommend you do is that you pitch your world to them. It looks to me like you're having a lot of fun designing a world that is 300 years in the future of LTR. And it is super cool yeah. what I'm reading. Like, super cool. Gunpowder and like like Russ said, there's these ancient lore books that maybe are disappeared and they're trying to find. How cool would it be to not have them finding Soren's ring, but having them try to find the three books or the five books or however you want to. I don't know if you include some of those other books but to find that that world knowledge of what the world was generations ago and you could even and and this is going to be the tricky thing about this world is because elves can live that long so put it further into the future Three thousand years. Three thousand years. How cool would that 5, be? Five thousand. You're years, trying to find right? the lost three books because I refuse to acknowledge the what's it called the Amelius. Yeah, I refuse to acknowledge that book. But anyways, <laughs> put it, put it, and I guess you could include the Hobbit. You know, the Hobbit's or, or definitely the, there. Yeah, but yeah. Okay, so so put it put it way in the future, trying to find these missing four books. So I have it right. And how cool of a world would that be? But first, get your table comfortable with understanding. Now. What do you do if it turns out that playing these little games and getting everyone comfortable with what RPGs are like and role-playing, um, what happens if that person still has great anxiety about anything that they don't fully able to comprehend? So I think we talked about this last episode or the one before. I think um, maybe putting up some tools like the X card or et cetera. We'll link to them again in the show notes. Just giving work to Russ. Uh where you can then sit down and go, hey, we've been playing these little one-offs, so let's start to introduce these tools that are designed so if anything makes anyone uncomfortable, we have a way of just, um, we tap the card, we end that scene, we move on, and we'll 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 deal with it later, right? Like, we'll, we'll, I'll, I'll talk to you directly later to find out what, what I can do yeah. to avoid that situation um, or not, depending on how you want to implement those tools. So uh, one of the key things of those tools, though, is you, once they're initiated, there's you just move on, yeah. right? So no one feels like they're going to be challenged or have to go deeper into what triggered them because that's yep. not good. Okay, uh, so that's my first idea is one way to then help. So so I guess what I'm saying is show everyone what this is like so you can all just have figure out what's fun together, both you as the GM and them. Then B, give them some tools to allow them to feel like this is this is – this is not some weird, bizarre, anxiety-inducing no, journey. that it's like, fun and safe and that you're all here for the same goal of making sure that you're, you're playing a game where everybody can still have fun. And then, if neither of those are going to work, then it's a conversation with that person to say, hey, I'm going to pitch this idea to the group and I'm getting the sense that this, just, this is not going to be fun for you. And I just want to talk to you about that first. Um, and it's hard because they're a friend, but giving them that opportunity to be like, you know what, this just isn't for me. Yeah. And then and then they can step aside and, and you can go without them or for them to say, you know what, I actually think I'm OK and this is going to be fun. Yeah. And give them that opportunity to opt to, to basically commit or or not. Um, and so 
That's, I guess, my last part. Yeah, um, I, I, now, that, now that we're talking through this, it's, it's uh, brought up a, a very similar situation that we had um, when we first started playing around the table. Um, so Tom, Amy, Carla, and I are what make up Dungeons & Dragons. And we've been playing around the table since, oh, I don't know, 2013. It's been a long time. Um, but at that first session, there was another player. The lost player of dungeons, we call her. Um, I've never heard this story. Um, I've done so many. I've even interviewed you about your show. Well, you didn't ask about the lost players. I didn't know there was like a Beatles rapper. I didn't know there was a fifth man. Um, Okay, but we all great friends who you know i posited first was like hey i used to play and run these types of games if anybody wants to try and there was you know everybody goes around yeah that'd be fun to try we sat down for uh to create our characters which of course for people who know how to play the game is a long process to create a dnd character for people who don't know how to create a character and know what the game is it's an even longer process it was like a four-hour session to just get a level one character (laughs) yeah and they all left and i thought i've scared them off i i they're never going to come back again because of this yeah we all came back thankfully for session one but then after that after session one this this fifth player i heard through tom that she was scared to tell me that she wasn't having fun uh, because I I set it up and you know I I Sean you know how I get I get very like animated and into it and it's hard to stop me on certain ideas and I just go and then people are like okay well we're the train's moving hop on let's let's ride Tr- no pun intended with train in fantasy world no, there, no, everyone no pun in, no pun intended no no spoiler alert ah that's in episode one it's fine. <laughs> Uh, but she, she. No, wait a minute. Is this the episode one that's on your feed that I've heard, or is this pre-recording? No, it's on episode one on the feed. There's a train oh, there. So... Like, no, not train. The fifth person. Oh the first... no, the first person. No, oh. the first person stopped playing with us. Which I, this is before. This is before you we were, were around the table. Right, right. Yeah. So you just started, right? Because yeah. you started like a year in advance. Right. Yeah, okay, we were, cool. yeah. We were playing. We, cool. we were just learning how to play around the table before Amy right. and I okay, moved I'm to with you. Yeah. So this Sorry. was, a, okay. yeah, this was around the table, and I and I say the lost player of dungeons because it, had she stayed with us, likely she would have been wrapped into what we're doing now. Um, but she was afraid to tell me, and looking back on it. Like, I, I didn't know of any of the tools or any of this safety mechanic or how to start a table because I was new myself. And for her to be scared to bring that up um, sucks as a feeling to say that your friend can't bring something to you. But also, it's like you want to make sure that everybody at your table is there to do the same thing for the same reasons. And once we were able to stop and have that conversation i was like i don't want to put you in a situation where you're uncomfortable or not having fun but this is the game that we're playing we'll have other game nights where we play board games and that sort of thing that that person was still very much a part of all of that but when we were playing dungeons and dragons they weren't there and that was okay and they were okay with it and we were okay with it and we just moved on and there is in my experience even having tools at the table like x card and whatever does not oh, those do not get over the hurdle of someone saying they're not having fun because I went through that I had to let someone know that I was no longer enjoying a game I talked about it in an earlier episode and it was really hard and I I've been doing this my whole life right. like you right yep. pretty much off and on right yep. so it took me more than five sessions right before of for whatever reason just 
not having fun pretty much m- m- almost at all. Yeah. Um, which is, was a weird transition because we I was having a lot of fun in this campaign. And then when in this case, when it went online for whatever reason, it just – but it took me five sessions, five three to four hour sessions right. to, to finally reach out to the jam. So that's a friend. So I think it's just a hard thing when, when a player isn't having fun. And I we've talked about this before. You know, as a GM, I think both you and I now are like, oh, like – you have to devote some part of your brain to checking in with the table. Yeah. Are they having fun? Are they engaged? Having those debrief sessions to say, you know, this is how we played the session. What did you like? What didn't you like? And using all of that information to engage your players, but also start to pick up on when they start disengaging and when they start, um, you know, not buying in for lack of a better term, to what's happening at the table. They're difficult conversations to have, but if you implement them as soon as you can, not only say day one, because there's players that are, you know, tables that are going on for years that will probably hopefully start implementing some of these things moving forward. But if you implement them and just have them as casual conversation after, be like, ah, that was, you know, I thought this was really fun. What did you like about this? What did you like about this? Um, And try and engage those players in a way. Um, but o- opening yeah. the conversation so that if there is a problem, it makes it seem more open that they, that the person running the game is more open to receiving that information back if you're really not into a game. Yeah, that's and it's hard. Yeah. It's hard to understand. But here's something interesting. Both you and I, because we record our shows, we both do a debrief session after, and there's a hysterical one. If any of you heard the earlier episode where I talked about Russ implementing this thing yeah. the next day, it is the most hysterical deep. Russ doesn't even get to open it. They are, they are, they are mad. all over. They're mad. Russ. They're mad. They're mad. So, <laughs> um, but not in a necessarily a bad no, way, a, but it was hysterical. It's hysterical. Yeah. Right. So, uh, but Russ and I both run a debrief session after every recording and or or every recording session most and it's because i don't know about you but it's because that content is then patreon content and blah 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 but thinking back to the games i play in or even the games i run i don't have a debrief session in real life on a game that's not being recorded um yeah and i don't think i've ever played in a game that had a real debrief session right i think it's something where we're saying hey these are amazing but also I don't think they really happen in the real world because everyone's like, it's four. You're so tired. It's four hours. Like my table doesn't want to do the debrief sessions. I have to say, you're not leaving this room. You're not getting food until you do this. (laughs) Right. And they're always like, oh, okay, fine. (laughs) Um, I, I know, just calling it out. Like I think we're saying do it, but it's a hard thing to implement with if you're not recording. It, and it might not even be right after the session, because like Sean said, some games can go four hours and then it's 2 a.m. and you're like, well, I'm going to yeah. bed now. But maybe create it as, a, you know, create a, a Discord chat or create a, right. a, a, an open text thread and say, hey, friends, had a lot of fun. Hopefully, uh, hopefully you did too. These are some of the things I really liked. What did you like about the session? How are you doing? How are you feeling? And then ask, what can I improve? It's it's a great question to ask, and people will answer it sometimes, right? What can I do better, yeah. more of, or different to help make sure that you're having as much fun as I'm having right now? So we're off a little from your question, Andre, but thank you because this is, I think, helpful for everyone. Uh, but the key thing here as a DM or GM is we have to become aware when a person is not engaged and actively reach out one-to-one on them, have a conversation. Trust me. Um, so. Uh, Andre, in this case, 
I think the key here is to figure out how much fun your your table's going to have without you investing all of that all of these things that they're saying might one of them might, or some of them are saying might make them nervous. So do some tests, get that going, have some debrief conversations because they're shorter games. Like if you do these one pagers, they can yeah. be shorter games. You can do it in two uh, hours tops, right? Like yeah, yeah, uh, like Honey Heist or whatever, yeah. and then see where the fun is for everyone, right? And and then please, Andre, keep building your world. This world is amazing, yeah. and it. Russ and I both we're both like we're both starting to spin ideas. <laughs> Which is always a sign that you've got something yep. good, something solid, and 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 you will find your table that wants to play it. I promise you. And once you've built this out a little, um, you can pitch it, right? You can be like, imagine a world 3,000 years in the future. The elves are dying off for real this time, and the four missing books have not been seen in in generations like you know and 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 you know we start in a desecrated old hobbit village you know like just imagine pitching that world so all that list of questions that you had about the world and what to do the answer is yes just yes have fun building it yeah put it far enough into the future that justification is i mean is no longer needed you can do whatever you want and then re-explain it however you want to explain it but the great idea the main crux of your email which jumped out to both sean and i was make sure you have a table that's engaged and wanting to play within that world Um, or even the very bare minimum a tabletop role-playing game because that that in and of itself is not for everybody either Uh, yep yep. and and if you're getting to the point where you're like, well, how do I do the mechanics of this in Fade or whatever? Come into the Discord if you're not there. Those are great questions to ask. There are tons of people in the Discord that love talking about which game systems and how. Get started. Send us your questions. DM to GMcast at gmail.com. Facebook and Twitter is where you find us as well. Link to that Discord is down in the description. Thanks so much for your questions, and we'll talk to you all in a couple weeks. All right. Bye. Bye. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. Space Podity. An actual play D&D Spelljammer podcast. In Space Podity, four adventurers visit the worlds and vex the GMs of other actual play shows. Keep listening for a sneak peek and please subscribe so you don't miss the first episodes. Set in the campaign of the long-running Dungeons & Dragons podcast. Acting Captain's Log. We've crashed our flying birdbath mansion. Long story. The party of groundling adventurers on board is kind and heroic, but untrusting, and is staring at me. It consists of a traumatized minotaur. You want to see traumatized? A spooky Asimar child. I'm an adult An adult Asimar child, whom I suspect to be enthralled by a hidden power, and the most headstrong elf I have ever met, and that includes Rascal Gar, the cataclysmically reckless, from the former Rajanon Zed. Sounds fun. Also, the mansion's kitchens are out of ale. How am I going to function? Space Podity. Find us wherever your podcasts are.